Welcome into Revere House Radio Midnight Riot Edition. I'm your host, Robert Shump, Research and Adult Program Director at the Paul Revere House. Over the next five days leading up to Patriots Day on April 20th, we'll be bringing you daily content on different aspects of Paul Revere's famous Midnight Riot of April 18th, 1775. We'll be discussing some of the most frequently asked questions about the ride and the questions that you've let us know that you want answered. Uh, burning questions like, what did Paul Revere actually say? What actually happened on the ride itself? Were there other riders? And, importantly, was Revere's ride actually significant? So to kick things off today and to give a little bit of context to the buildup of the ride itself and what we'll be talking about over the next few days, today we're going to answer the question of if Revere's famous ride was his first one or if he'd actually made previous rides leading up to April 18th. Was he a known rider to the Sons of Liberty, or did Dr. Joseph Warren and the leadership for the Sons of Liberty simply pull out a trusted member for that moment of emergency on the famous evening? To answer the question directly, no, April 18th, 1775 was not Revere's first ride for the Sons of Liberty. Uh, He's certainly most famous for uh, his ride that we'll talk about and certainly commemorate this week. Um, But the very reason that he actually rode out on April 18th, 1775, was because to that point, he'd established himself not only as a central figure for the Sons of Liberty in Boston, but as a key messenger for the organization writ large. While he became more political in the 1760s, he really became essential to the Boston operation in the early 1770s. In terms of riding, uh, Paul Revere's actually, uh, his first major ride was the day after the Boston Tea Party, uh, this being on the night of December 16th, and the ride itself then on the morning of December 17th, 1773. We can pretty safely assume that Revere was a direct participant at the Tea Party, based on a lot of overlap between his social and patriot groups that he was involved in, and the spaces at Green Dragon Tavern, Old South Meeting House, and, of course, Boston Harbor, where the events unfolded. In many ways, the Revolution, especially in this early stage, 1773, was really an information and propaganda battle between British authorities and the Sons of Liberty. So it was vital that uh, the organization in Boston got their story out to the other colonies as soon as possible. If we think Revere was there, which I think all context really points to him being there, he certainly must have been one of the more sober participants in the Tea Party uh, as he set out for New York the next morning on December 17th and made great time on the trip arriving by the night of December 21st, so four days to reach New York City. After resting a bit, he returned to Boston on Monday, December 27th, for a full round trip of 10 days and an arrival that allowed for a New Year's celebration, or at least commemoration, in the Revere household as the calendar turned to 1774. 
In response to the Tea Party, Parliament, of course, passed a series of measures in 1774, the Coercive Acts, Quebec Act, amongst others. And the Coercive Acts essentially worked to close off Boston and the Port of Boston from the rest of the colonial seaboard in the Atlantic for the colonies. During that tumultuous year of 1774, Revere made trips to Philadelphia, including one in which he carried the famous Suffolk Resolves, through which local leaders in Boston vociferously objected to the measures coming out of London that year. And he brought the Suffolk Resolves to the Continental Congress in Philadelphia. In fact, he became so known for his rides along the eastern seaboard that year, and in general, that he was reported in London newspapers, including one in which Paul Revere was referenced as, quote, an ambassador from the Committee of Correspondence of Boston to the Congress of Philadelphia. In the winter of 1774, Revere famously made a trip through a blizzard to alert Portsmouth, New Hampshire, of potential British actions in the area, as word was spreading that regulars were being sent to take possession of Fort William and Mary. Revere braved terrible conditions to bring the word, and though the initial reports turned out to be somewhat overblown, uh, his actions set the Granite State Patriots um, into motion and certainly further solidified his trustworthiness and commitment to the cause. Finally, uh, Revere actually made a trip to Lexington only a few days before his more famous return visit. On Sunday, April 16th, Dr. Joseph Warren sent Revere to Lexington to tip off John Hancock and Samuel Adams, who were already uh, staying out in that area, to impending actions from the British regulars. On the way back, Revere stopped in Charlestown as he was returning to his house in the north end of Boston. Realizing the forthcoming operation in whatever form it took would certainly need multiple full fail-safes should he be as a, a single man, uh, should he be captured or detained to some extent. He, Revere, set into motion and really conceived of the lantern signal system that would make him famous in the poem and conveyed that information to Colonel William Connett and fellow trusted Sons of Liberty in Charlestown, leading into, of course, uh, the history that we know, and we'll talk more about this week um, on the night of April 18th. So while one ride made Revere famous, it was clear that he was already an indispensable part of the Sons of Liberty communication system, both in Boston and throughout the colonies, long before April 1775. As we get into this story uh, quite a bit more this week. Be sure to follow us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, stay in touch in your medium of choice, and really do, please, we want this to be participatory. Let us know if you have more questions that you want answered or things that you're curious about. We'll be using this platform, uh, certainly this week, to bring you uh, the stories and, and questions on the Midnight Ride itself, but we've also recently launched the Revere Express blog as a vehicle to bring you uh, some great content from our staff on really varied aspects, whether it be on the Revere family, the American Revolution, North End history, the legacy of uh, the house and uh, the Revere family and Boston's history in general. And that really will be a platform in which we can 
work to answer in, in a comprehensive form some of the you know some of the questions that we most often get and maybe some new questions that are popping up uh, in this time for you at home. If you feel so inspired also, uh, we'd like you to participate in kind of a challenge we have for our listeners and supporters over the coming week. And the challenge is to recite, the, to the best of your abilities, uh, the Midnight Ride itself. So send us a photo, video of yourself or family reciting Henry Wadsworth Longfellow's poem about Paul Revere, and we'll certainly work to share it on our social media platforms, and we're encouraging our staff to memorize the poem itself uh, to be ready to convey some of that great information to you in person when we're able to reopen to the public. In the meantime, we'll be back tomorrow to tackle that burning question of what Paul Revere actually said on his midnight ride. Until then, stay safe, and thanks for listening.